The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. This week's guest is Starly Kine, who is the creator, um, host, writer of Mystery Show, which um, is battling hard with um, one of the other Gimlet shows, uh, Reply All, for the spot as my favorite podcast, and uh, you're killing it. <laughs> Thank you. So you you've done five of these, and yeah. we were just talking about the fact that you're about to take a, a break, and mm-hmm. the listeners aren't going to get a new one for a little while. Yeah. And, and why is that? Oh, <laughs> um, to make sure that they're that they stay the quality that they are. Yeah, I uh, well, it's what I was saying before. Um, in my head, I feel like the my b- biggest model for this show has been the tv model more than anything else and like i feel like i like how i like thinking in terms of seasons i like how like my favorite shows when they're i feel like my favorite shows are the ones where the season is is like thought out not just one episode that is in that is separate from the others but like it's actually like the entire season itself is what makes the whole thing make sense not just narratively where you're like oh now i understand what they were talking about in in episode two but actually like artistic choices were made to balance out future episodes, and so I feel, and like I like balance and like episodes to complement each other, and so I feel like I keep thinking that. And then in TV, there's also like, I mean, I think TV, it's kind of crazy what TV can get away with in terms of breaks now, right? Like I don't want to do that because I think it's actually too long what TV takes. But you mean Mad Men or The Sopranos? Well, not Mad. Well, Sopranos didn't do. It. I mean, Sopranos was like old school, so Sopranos would just come out, right? Like Sopranos would take like a year in between or something, two years. Yeah, but sometimes they took. Yeah, sometimes but, it took like two years in between. Seasons. I know, but then what happened with AMC was that then it became not only were they taking two, they were taking that time, they were doing it, they were splitting up the seasons, and so then it actually like it became like you got what with Breaking Bad, you got seven episodes each time, right? And Mad Men, seven or eight or something. Mad Men, Mad Men, the last time did yeah, the mm-hmm. split the final season into like. So did Breaking Bad. Breaking right. Bad did it before, and so I feel like now it's like pushing it even more and more and more. And I feel like, I feel like it's that's also a balance because you can break it, right? You can actually you can actually make people wait too long where they still still watch but not care the same way. I kind of feel like that happened with this last Mad Men. This this for you it did yeah a little bit like it did it didn't happen with Breaking Bad but it happened with Mad Men by the time it returned I still cared but I it was much harder for me to remember things and I didn't I did it, it I didn't have the feeling I had from the last the half season before and I feel like but also network TV now takes these like crazy they are constantly breaking things up like network TV is now following that cable model where they're just like taking breaks like crazy as well. For different reasons, I think. It's funny making the stuff I, I, I can't even see or understand how a break is possible. Like I've been working basically since January and these podcasts are, are my break. When people yeah. this right now, getting to do this, prepare for this for an hour and do this. Yeah. That's about the break that I get. Yeah. And when I say break, when I'm, I'm not taking, I'm personally not taking any break. Like to me, it's just like, like <laughs> no, about take- to, I keep getting these tweets are like, have a good vacation. And I'm like, what is this? No, of course. Like not even, so I feel like, I feel like I guess... Maybe we need a different word than break. Because I mean, we've been using, I, like, I think, I mean, in general, I think we use a break because of the TV model. But sure, I, hiatus, you could say. But the show's yeah. not on hiatus. You are working on making these episodes. And, yeah. um, well, it's great that you mentioned this idea of the show. Um, even though each episode is its own discrete thing, it's not serialized in the way serial is serialized. But um, I just want to read something that you wrote. And that you said in this episode, because I, the last, most recent episode, uh-huh. because I thought that it foretold what your plans are and how we should think about the show. And it was this hunk that happened towards the end of the, of the episode or like just past the midpoint. And um, and the show, the, the premise of the show, why don't you just talk about what the premise of the show is, and then I'll, I'll read this thing that, that, you, okay. that you wrote that okay. sort of gives lie to what the premise of the show really is. It gives a lie? Well, it's sort of like, um, I think... Light um, or lie? No, lie. I think uh-huh. it actually... Um, I think that the truth is the show is, is uh, deeper and exploring something different than than what you um, initially said. Why don't you talk about uh, what the show is? Okay, so the premise is that I solve that each episode takes on a different mystery, and the and I can't and the mis- the criteria for the mystery is it can't be the solution can't be found online. Meaning, like I can I can use the internet to find like to gather some information, but I can't Google the answer. 
and it cannot exist. And the person, I mean, it cannot exist anywhere on the internet. And it has to be assigned to me by someone who cares about the mystery. Like there has to be a reason why I'm taking on that mystery. And, and I don't ever say it explicitly on the show, but there's like, I also think there's gotta be, in my mind, a path towards a solution when I take it on. Like it can't just be, like cause I'm not interested, I mean, I will only take on D.B. Cooper if I can feel like I have something to offer to solving D.B. Cooper. You know? So you'll do a little work before you decide if you're going to take it on? Well, one of the, the first thing I do is Google it because then I know. Yeah. But it's not, no, I don't do work. It's not even that. Like, it's just like a feeling. Like I just, if I, in, I with all these I understood, like I understood at least the initial steps. The journey you could start on. Yeah. Okay, so this is the hunk. Um, there were a couple of things in the, the last episode I, I, I've been listening so closely to it, and I've been so swept away. Um, Thank you. I don't get swept away easily. Um, but, you know, this hunk, which is um, seasons passed, winter came. Oh, let me just say what, what happened is this story um, got to a certain point, and then it seemed as if, if it, it, it seemed like it might be at an end, right? And then this is what we hear seasons passed, winter came, planets rotated, stars died, innumerable gallons of ice cream were consumed. Countless spoons were bent. Babies learned how to crawl. Teenagers learned how to kiss. Podcasts went from being popular in a niche way to a mainstream way. But still, older people could not figure out how to listen to them on their phones. Heavy televisions were replaced by thin televisions. The outdated models were put out on the street, picked up by couples in love, and then, after some time had passed, put back on the street. It might be helpful to imagine a wall calendar for this part, with the pages dropping off one after another, after another, after another, the time just falling away until... And then the show came back. And what I wrote down here was... Um, it's like language from a serialized novel, mm. right? It's Dickensian in a way. <laughs> I, lo- I love Dickens. I really, I, yeah, I hope it is. I mean, that's, I love him. But I, I wonder, I mean, do you, do you think, do you find yourself thinking about this in a way that you're sneaking a bunch of this stuff? Like references? Yeah. I, yeah. Like the, the, because uh, I was also, you know, it also brings to mind Itumama Tambien mm-hmm. and uh, the kind of digressions that were actually the point. Yeah. I mean, de- I mean, the, the digressions are so... It's funny. Like, I feel like people keep talking about these digressions and tangents, and then slowly they're like, and that's the point. And to me, it's the solutions and the digressions are so um, interconnected. <laughs> like, they're, they're not one of them is more the point than the other, because I'm very serious about getting to the solution. And, like, and to me, the digressions... I just feel like when I think about mysteries, people, there's, there's this format to mysteries where like you have to get to the solution and like the way mysteries are normally solved are like, the, I think in the worst case scenario when a mysteries are solved, when a mystery has got about, gone about getting solved, it's like, oh, you have to go to the person that you think did it and then they didn't do it. And then you go to this person that probably did it, but then you come back to that. And actually, I'm now describing Law and Order, which I don't think is the worst version because I love Law and Order too. But um I'm talking. I'm actually have different things in my mind when I'm saying this, but I. Feel, what do you have in your mind? Chandler. No, the like more TV, like the Killing, the TV show, The Killing, which I like. I that drove me crazy that show. But I, or honestly, I'm not a huge True Detective fan. And True Detective was this what I is a little bit what I'm describing where I, I didn't watch it last night, but I'm kind of anyway. But uh, I. Yeah, I really liked the first season. Of that yeah. show. I mean, the second just started, and I loved it. I just have to say, for me, Mad Men was perfect. Um, I, I love Mad Men. For the engaged. record, I love. No, Mad but Men. I stayed engaged. Somehow, that storytelling was so bracing. But but you were yeah. saying no, normally. I mean, no, but for the record, I did love Mad Men. It's just like this last little bit. I think I actually. I also wasn't writing about it this season, though, so I think actually it was hard for me to get past my own ego and be like, maybe it's... I was, like, so upset that I, I didn't have time to write about it, and so there was all these, like, thoughts that I had that I couldn't... I mean, I was allowed to express them, but I didn't have time to express them, so I think I was, like, forcing myself to believe it's not that good because I can't write about it. But um, uh, the... Uh, but more, like, I'm saying, like, even, like, all mysteries, like, the format is you are on the trail, <laughs> and then you talk to people, you talk to suspects, you gather evidence, and then you get to the solution. And I feel like a lot of times there's there's red herrings that throw you off. And I feel like, to me, like, I'm following the format. Like, these are, like, I'm just trying to make, I love mysteries, and I just feel like if you're solving a mystery, why can't every step along the way be a story too instead of just a solution so to me it's like feels very classic detective right but i wonder i wonder if the if the way you talk about the premise originally yeah makes people sort of not really 
aware, and I wonder if you do this on purpose, of the, it's obviously like heavily crafted, but the choices you are making as far as information to share and information to hold back because you tell it first person, you are a character in it. And um, yet it's clear that you are choosing when the Starly character knows certain things. And in fact, you may not have known them in that mm -hmm. order along the way. Yeah. And so, how, you know, there are yeah. a couple of spots where it, you, it's clear because of the internet, you could have made, a, you know, you knew, oh, I can make a left here. Yeah. And I'm, I'm I, pretty like, honestly, like I'm pretty faithful to that though. Like I feel like, in, in just, yeah. Like even the, with Robert Bland? Yeah. No, that's the thing. No, no, no. Well, when, when you said it, it goes from a period to a question mark. When I, but that is true. And that, yes, but sort of... I mean, by who he actually he turned out to be? Yeah. yeah. When, when did you re, when did you learn who... Honestly, no, what happened, I'll tell you. What happened was, because people have brought this up, what happened was I originally Googled both names, right? First, I first for a while only cared about Googling Hans because he, I wanted to see if, well, I, I suspected the answer was not online for this one, but I, and the very first, but I, but I didn't, um, but I was very, was like very interested in him. And so I, cause the reason I'm very interested in him because I looked him up and the first thing that came up with this, um, I'm looking for him too, that post about where has he been? And that was when I first saw Bob Bland. That was the very first thing I saw. And so from the first, it was like right after I had gotten off, like talked to Carson. And so um, from the very beginning, I was convinced that was who it was. And, um, and then when I Googled Bob Six, a, a hit came up and I, Honestly, in all sincerity, I like turned to a producer and said, "Oh, it'd be so crazy if this is." Like, it was like, "If only it could be this guy." That's what I said. If only it could be this guy. And I didn't even, for a second, sincerely entertain the idea. And it was like one because it's like some. And and then, and so when I, when you hear the answer, I was really when I found it out and didn't for, ever actually entertain the person. And when I went to Arizona, I thought it was. Bob Bland the entire time when I got to him. So that's all. That's the thing is like I'm pretty, what we're realizing about this is like you can, you can tell when like the motivation is forced. Like that's actually what I'm trying to. There are um, things, I've been thinking about it a lot and like how much, like it, ha how pure it actually has to be. Yeah, so where do you land? Is. Yeah, what do you think? I land very pure. Like I'm like, I actually think it's for better storytelling. Like I think everything will benefit the pure state it is. And so like it's interesting with that belt buckle episode actually because it, it was like, that was like, it was actually like I got so swept away in the idea of who this man was, who Hans was, that that was actually the bigger narrative kind of obstacle of being like, I actually didn't want to find him too fast because I was so enchanted by him. And so that's what I was trying to like actually put in there is to show like part of the story is that he, the, the third mystery is, is he as interesting as we are thinking is. And no, that was great. The first time you, you know, show, uh, hear the guy talking about him dressed as a cowboy is incredible. Yeah. And well, I, I will say I'm going to talk about the show some with Starly. So you should go and listen to the, the show. Yeah, so it's not all spoiled like, yeah. for you, but, um, and we should, like, say spoiler if we talk about anything. Well, I'll say it at the top of okay. the episode. I'll, okay. I'll tell people at the top of the episode. Okay. Um, but how close were you talking? Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go. Well, like, with that time, but that time, I don't know, I guess I'm trying to, like, that is part of the thing, though, is I, I'm trying to reflect my actual experience solving these cases. So with this time lapse that you read, um, like, I, I really wanted to, it was a long time that I was looking for him like it was really it was genuine that I hit this wall did not know what to do did not know how to go further and for a lo really long stretch of time did, did, had no idea what the path was yeah but, but the line that precedes that is you saying um that there's no higher authority on yes I mean his, so I didn't know what but that's I mean people lie about those things all the time like he's not the most I mean but we I had, wonder, but I had, but I needed to, but the assignment. Oh, you needed someone to stand next to him. Oh, the assignment was, but if you listen to the beginning, David says his, he wants the answer from him directly. That was, that was like why it was so hard, where it was just like he, he, and that was the very first thing he said, and it was just like it has to be him. And so that was the problem is that like I actually got to him too easily and too fast originally and then didn't know what to do. And so I wanted to show somehow I wanted to recreate the feeling of time passing and and I felt like and and like I you know I 
these are examples of time passing, but like to me, I wanted, I went, I was really into the idea of a musical interlude and like actually like letting the music play for a while and experiencing time pass. Well, you had pauses in this episode, mm-hmm. even before the commercial that were bigger pauses than you usually have. I love, I mean, I'm like, I feel like I, this is what I'm realizing making this show too is like, like there's so much, we can just do so much with time. Like we don't have to be, we do not have to be confined to this idea of like acts and tracks, acts and tracks, acts and tracks. A post has to be 10 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean acts and tracks? Acts and tracks are like, um, vo- you have your voice tracks and oh, then yeah, you have yeah. the tape or the, per- the people talking or the live tape. And it's like, and like, uh, there's like the model. I mean, even like this Mary Life is very good, but like their model is, you know, you take, you have voice tracks and you're playing off the tape and you have voice tracks. And then if you have music posts or like a pretty specific length, like for like five to ten seconds and like i am realizing with this i'm like we have like it's limitless like we it's like what are we doing we have it's just sound you know what i mean and so like and i really like the idea of it of it actually experiencing something by going through time like you have to actually time has to pass and it's got to be an experience and i feel like that is much more influenced by tv and movies like i feel like i keep i want to have a cinematic feel tv and movies more than more than books it's, yeah, I, I keep feeling like I'm answering. Yeah, it's more than Wait, books. You I mean, like you're answering what? Well, no, I keep not like. I feel like everyone. I feel like I, people have been like making references like Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys, and um, and I'm like I don't even read anymore. But Dickens is a good reference because Dickens, I feel like, is very close to Dickens. In his, there's a lot of Dickens that I feel like has heavily influenced me. Yeah, well, no, that's clear. Yeah. And 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 to me, the tell. I mean, um, I think Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys is. Uh, really reductive in the wrong way because I don't and, and there's you know, you know when you talk about solving the mystery I just wonder if the character you know a couple of words just I looked up the word intrepid before you came here <laughs> and you know the sample se- sentence of intrepid is um, intrepid reporters in there like our intrepid mm-hmm. reporter which is you know fearless undaunted unflinching mm-hmm. and then I was thinking like what what does it really remind me of this character and I want to ask you about the difference between the character Starley and you mm-hmm. but I kept thinking about Mary Tyler Moore Oh, that's funny. That's very flattering. She's a delight. Hero. Oh, hero. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. She's, I mean, she's married to Tyler Moore. <laughs> yeah. But I keep thinking about her show, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like the, her, the, like the, like which part of it? Like the ensemble cast feel or the. No, the fact that she was this intrepid uh, woman making her yeah. way through life in the city and trying, well, trying to be good and trying to figure out how it all works and why yeah but also i like to feel like i feel like her sh- that yeah. that show itself like the the that the characters in it and the comedy of it i feel is very i i is speaks to me a lot yeah and then i googled i put your name in mary tyler moore to see if anyone had made the comparison but i what i found was like in an episode of this american life that you did you used this theme song from that oh, show which one did i 208 which what was the story yeah, I don't remember because I, I just it? Wait, Googled it right before you got here. You use Love is All Around Us. Oh, what did I use that for? Well, we'll find, we they can find put, out. Yeah. Jason will put it in the yeah, show yeah. notes. They, uh, um, yeah, no, she's, I mean, she's, I mean, she's a national treasure, obviously. Like she's, I, but I, I mean, I feel like, yes, it's funny because I feel like, I feel less like a reporter in this show. So I feel like it's more the idea of her being, I feel like it's more about her having this crew and her being and her take on the world less and less about the job. Like I don't, well, yeah. there was this word, there's expression used in this last episode. And that, and to me, that word was just like a signifier about like who you are. It was mm-hmm. a, a two word phrase. I'm sure you know it, which was mad dash. You go, this place is 10 minutes by train and five minutes by mad dash, mm-hmm. which gives the listener this, uh, feeling, I, I think of, you know, you and there's rain and you're making a mad dash for this place. And it's such an anachronistic um, expression. <laughs> and so I wonder what in your head you were signaling when you... I mean, I'm definitely signaling, when I use language like that, definitely signaling more detective than reporter. Because I don't, it doesn't feel like being a, doing the show doesn't feel like being a reporter. It feels very, it feels very different than anything I've ever done. And I feel like, I don't know what it takes for you to officially be qualified as a detective. Like, I don't know if maybe I am a detective at, Maybe I, like, I am a, maybe there's... That's a good mystery. Yeah. Are you a detective? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you need a certificate or something, but um, I feel... You need a license. You do? But what, for all kinds of detect, detective stuff? There, You definitely have the option to get... Yes, there are unlicensed. I mean, the, my favorite fictional one is Matt Scudder and Lawrence Block's books, mm-hmm. and um, he's an unlicensed... 
definitely an, an unlicensed private detective. Yeah. Yeah. And your your yeah. your license comes from Gimlet. Yeah, my license comes from Gimlet. But I guess I mean I guess so there's like a license a title that I officially have would be a reporter, but I feel that it's I don't it doesn't feel like being a reporter this making the show. It feels like being a radio like when I'm cutting tape and doing writing it feels like being a radio person producer like but it doesn't but not when I'm doing the actual investigating. But it's interesting when you say detective and solving the mysteries and I wonder if like I can see that the Nancy Drew thing is annoying. <laughs> and it, it is, is, right? It is, yeah. Why is it annoying? Cuz it's just like it's annoying because it it feels so um not personalized to the show. It just feels like it feels like um it feels like very safe and trying to like and trying to like corral it in, into something. And I also feel like there's a thing where people think maybe if they compare it to a TV show, it seems less smart. And so, and, and not if that's not, and I disagree, you know. So to me, I feel like my go-to references are much more TV-based. And I think maybe some, maybe they think I think they're both thinking it's a compliment to say Nancy Drew, but also they're trying to protect themselves by being like. I can like this show because it's a literary reference or something. I don't know. There's just it's just so not close to the feel of it to me. Well, because you don't. Do you think it ignores the existential detective part of it that you're yeah. doing a different kind of you're yeah. doing detective work on a couple of levels, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, we'll at least go for like Dashiell Hammond and Raymond Chandler if we're going to go into that direction. You know, like I feel like there's so many if we're going to do a literary reference, but yeah, and I feel like it feels the existential. It's kind of cutesy. It's kind of like. I mean, they, it's not just like a woman thing because they also say Hardy Boys, but I feel like, I don't know. It just, I feel like it's just, it's just a way of putting it into a category. But I think, but the, you want to hear the thing I find more annoying? Yeah. The thing I find more annoying, and this is, I don't want this to sound like defensive because it's not that, but it's like, the thing I find more annoying is like the, uh, the, I, the there's a lot of people saying it's about small mysteries, it's about light mysteries, about mysteries that don't matter, that are not important. And I feel like, that has been something that is like was thrown out there in the beginning and like that seems totally about like protecting the person (laughs) saying it to be like we know it's not about anything serious but we still like it and like it's just like this line that keeps getting not by everyone people have been incredibly nice to me and I like really appreciate it but I feel like that is definitely a line that you've used over and over again and I feel like that it's only because it was a sign from the beginning and it's not it's I find it not to be the case at all. And I find it kind of baffling that the idea, like, as opposed to, like, what? Like, as opposed, like I find, like, I'm directly presenting mysteries that I'm showing you the person who cares about them. Like, I'm saying, like, this person whose mystery it is he- cares about it, and here's why they care about it. And, like, to me, that automatically makes some, if you care about it more than if it's, like, why do we care more about, like, Amelia Earhart? <laughs> like, that we have no attachment to. You said Amelia Earhart, but honestly, did you want to say, uh, why do we care more uh, about Syed? Well, I said Amelia Earhart because I had just read something right before I got here that was saying, like, this is not as important as Amelia Earhart. <laughs> um, and by a very nice review, and they're going to hear this, and they're going to think I'm insulting it, but actually, it was like, but the line was directly like, it's obviously not as important as Amelia Earhart or Stonehenge, and I'm just like, why is Amelia Earhart more more important than Jake Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal's height. But, um, but uh, Serial, yes, they also do that. Although they've, they've been doing a lot less than I thought they were, which is very nice, like the comparison. Um, yes, but I, I, I find that annoying. I don't find it annoying because I find Serial so helpful and I can't like, like and Serial's great. And so, but I feel that um, I find more the go-to, the go-to-ness of it is what I found annoying, you know? You, you mean like, just immediately going like, like immediate, well, Serial is this and, and this is a light version. Yeah, this like is. It's, it's like it's the fact that it had to be like why I never said it was a contrast. You know what I mean? Like the idea of it being that serious. So this has to be light. There's only there's only a contrast. There's only opposites. And so I feel like that's what I find kind of and I feel like it's it's yeah, it was a little bit inevitable. But but do you do you think some of it has to do with Serial is presented as verite? Yeah. And you're making a choice to add these top notes that are not verite elements, even when you're, t- you know, when by choosing the language that you choose, by choosing romantic language, you're, um, you are engaged in something that I just think is, uh, to me, aspires to and succeeds in in doing what the best short stories do, which is it takes you along in a narrative, but you're 
you're meant to think about it thematically afterwards. That's why yeah. I know you say the mystery is important, but I, I always wonder if the part of the mystery is like, why does the why does a person care? The back oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw? Yeah, that's definitely important. Yeah, like why it matters is like probably the most, like showing that they're, to me it's like all about like showing that there's mystery in the world and that these mysteries, and that like the, the, the ability to feel wonder <laughs> and surprise is an incredibly meaningful thing. And so to me it's like we don't have to only feel it through like, darkness you know and so i so like that's what i feel like is it comes down to yeah. and that's not lightweight to me no because yeah. you're talking about um you know the themes that are in i know you know you say television and, it, and it's weird um i love television i make yeah. television um but you know, it, it seems like uh this the character of starly by having so much pluck is is almost designed to fool you into thinking <laughs> that you're skating around uh, along in a safe environment where nobody can get hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they are. You are in a way where, like, an environment where no one gets hurt does not mean an environment where your like deepest desires are not going to come out. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a, there's a difference in that. So I feel that. Um, but it is safe in the in the, in the respect that. Uh, I do think everyone is actually very protected on the show because of the mission of it. Do you think part of it has to do with, um, like I was thinking about, and this is a real spoiler, I was thinking about episode three and Hans, mm-hmm. and when he breaks down at the end. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, um, right up until you gave him the belt, the short story that would have been made out of his life, there was a tragic, the short story ends in a, in, with this one thing that mattered to him gone mm-hmm. disappeared forever and this thing that told him that who he thought he was he really was mm-hmm. right that's like and then you you know you did this beautiful thing and then shared it with us and it was this beautiful you know uh, i mean um i don't know how you're gonna top it but uh, <laughs> i know you don't know i mean it's really hard but uh but I wonder if part of it is your determination to allow for happy endings. So I wonder what you think about the idea that if something has a happy ending, it's not serious. Oh, I mean that. I mean I don't know. I never. I don't think I ever said explicitly happy endings. So there's not. I never said solution does not mean happy endings. And that's not the same as like. You're kind of five for five with happy endings. Because so the world's a wonderful place. Like that's not my fault. Like I'm not, I'm not, I mean, it just keeps surprising me, you know? Like I'm as surprised as you guys that the world's turning out to be better than it is. It doesn't seem good by what we're hearing everywhere, right? But like in the micro level, maybe the world's pretty good. Maybe people are pretty good. So I feel like I'm not, I'm de- but I'm just saying like that was definitely not part of the original plan where like I'm, I have a happy ending show. And I, like with Hans, I had no idea. I did not know he was gonna if he was gonna be alive when I started that story. I and you would have presented it regardless to Carson to us. Oh, of course, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That one was there was no there was no um, turning back from. Yeah, that was what I mean because once I realized like his life, um, like how that was why it was so like from the very second I started doing that story, all these things just presented themselves to me and like so. Um, it was very clear that the story was going to be told, but I mean, I went to Arizona not knowing if he was alive. And like, I think I would have had to, the challenge would have been, um, the challenge would have been having to, I still would have had to figure out who Bob Six was and how the buck, how he lost the buckle. And I would have had to go some another way, but I would have definitely a hundred percent presented that. Maybe resolved is a better word for it because like this American life and serial by its nature and, Many things that are considered serious are ambiguous, and your mission is to eliminate ambiguity. Closure. <laughs> your mission is closure yeah. and no ambiguity. No, and what is it? Yeah. What, is, what is it? For, like what? What? What do you think it is that at this time in your life that's? <laughs> um, I. Uh, it's not. It's not because of cereal. It's not because of cereal. No, I think it's like. Um, oh, no, I don't yeah, think it's yeah. because of no, cereal. I no, I know. I mean, I mean it's the stuff you've worked on before, though. As you know, there's. What is it that that is animating to you about yeah, yeah. no ambiguity? 
uh, because I'm wondering what works so well on me. So yeah, yeah. when I'm receiving it, I mean, I think, and, I think and resolution. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very. I mean, I just find it. I just find it because. Well, first of all, I think having resolution means that it can be as like messy as you want along the way, and that's very. That's great. Like, I feel like I. I think I am a big believer in like boundaries leading to freedom, not in the way we're like. You sh- not as a prison metaphor, though, because that's, that's not true. But like, otherwise, not, not like not not when it comes to prison. <laughs> but like, but otherwise, like I think structurally, when I try to like think about organizational tools, like I find like when I'm the more I'm bound in, the kind of freer my thoughts can be. But so I like that idea of that. And to me, it's just I just have always with mysteries in particular, I've always felt like I. I love the idea of mysteries. I love the genre, but there's a lot that's like, there's been so many times my heart's been broken by an answer being unsatisfying or more, my heart's been broken more by an answer being forced than something not being solved. Like an answer where they're just like, it has to be so outrageous because to surprise you. You mean in fiction? Fiction. Yeah, fiction. But there's a lot of nonfiction I've read where, um, they present a whole thing, and it's not not definitely not talking about serial. I'm talking about like a very particular kind of rehashing of something that already exists, like a like the like not a new investigation, like something that's like the most intriguing story that already exists, and they go through it, and then you realize it's still unsolved. You know what I mean? Like, well, the horrible thing from our child, my childhood. I'm older than you, uh, but uh, the Al Capone, you know, Al Capone's vault. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know what that was? It was like in the '70s. Um, yeah, Her- I mean, I know also Geraldo then was tried. It was a double disappointment, but yeah. Yes, Are you talking about Geraldo's actual thing. Yeah, double yeah. disappointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually like recently written to Geraldo asking for like if I could talk to him about that. For your show. Yeah, like asking if I could to like to ask him for like, advice about like if you have that kind of, what that kind of disappointment does for you because I feel like I'll encounter it, you know. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> really, you just yeah. you want to ask Geraldo Rivera about the most embarrassing moment of his life? I do, or one of. I mean, he's actually he's had a I mean, bunch of yeah, really yeah. embarrassing moments. But I want to know. I want to know what I want him to help prepare me because I feel like it's an, only a matter of time before I come up against something like that. And but you'll have the choice whether to present it or not. It's true, but it's not like to me. Like I'm interested. I'm interested in disappointment. That's why, and that's also why I want the path along the way to be so interesting because I want it to be like. Like, I just don't want it to cheat. Like, I just feel like I want it to all be earned. So I feel like if it's, I mean, it's also like I've gotten very, it is crazy that these solutions are satisfying. I mean, I think a solution, no matter what, is going to be satisfying. But what's, like, they're giving me even more. Like, Hans gave me more than I could have ever asked for. You know what I mean? Like, his answer, like, what it turned out to be is, like, that's why, that's why I didn't even believe for a second it Bob Six was going to be that because I was like, there's just no way. And so, like, I'm saying, but to me, I really believe that even if there's, like, the answer is a boring answer, still getting an answer is is satisfying. For me, it is satisfying. But but it doesn't mean, but it's all the more reason why. I feel like I keep making sure that I'm like, what if the answer is unsatisfying or not unsatisfying, boring or small? And so I have to make sure everything along the way is big and then the answers keep being big, too. And, like, I'm like, well... Well, I've been talking to people a lot in, like in, in life, and people ask me the question about earnestness lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very loaded word. Yeah. Well, it can be a loaded... Okay. Yeah. Well, um, it can be a loaded word in that, in, in a way, it's become... It can be almost embarrassing to be considered earnest. Yes. I think it, yeah, and I think it can also be wielded like a little bit of a weapon. Like a cudgel? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know why people do it, but I'm saying... No, but how? How do you think it lands that way on you? You don't, you don't, you don't want that, that word. I want it if I like, trusted the messenger. Like, I feel like I just feel like there are certain words that people just, just use, and you can tell that they're, like, they're trying to get away with something. They're trying to say, like, it may, you could take it as a compliment, but actually we kind of mean it as a dick. Because you think that um, irony is still considered like um, the higher... That, that ironic detachment is somehow still considered, yeah, like the higher plane? I don't think they're using it necessarily in the contrast to irony. I think they're using it as like, I think they're trying to say, I don't think they're using earnest the way earnest act, what actually earnest means. And so I think they're using it as, I don't think they're using it as sincere. I think they're using it, I'm not, and again, this, I'm using this royal they, but like I feel um, it can be this, this idea of just like earnest quickly becomes precious or drippy or sentimental or sappy or small you're a person who said in 2007 that the thing is to uh embrace the cheesiness right 
Yeah. I, I mean, I also say I, embrace the earnestness, but I'm just yeah. saying that I feel like that word is loaded. I feel like I can tell when people use it a certain way. Um, but cheesiness is not the same as earnest. No, I agree. It's yeah. not, but still, no, but in what you were just... It's not, but in the, yeah. what you were just describing to the word, it is. You were just yeah. saying the word means all these things. Yeah. Well, I think when they... they That's they what I'm saying. You're saying... Yeah. So let me... So I have to say, I mean... Yeah. Um, why do you give a fuck what these people say about you? <laughs> well, I don't give a fuck what most of them say about me, but um, but I well, do. Well, no, it seems like you do. No, because I think I like, don't. Why do you get? It seems like you give it power. I don't think I do. Actually, I don't give it power, but I do. I don't give it power, but I do. Um, notice. Well, especially right now, because I feel like there's the same. I don't. I'm, I feel like it's interesting to watch the same language be used over and over. I feel like if I was giving it power, I'd be altering what I was doing. So that'd be giving it power. I'm not doing that. Oh, yeah. Giving it ultimate power would be that for sure. I can't help but observe stuff. I'm an observer. Well, are you able to take in and look at the positive comments, uh, you know, and have give them the same weight that you give the negative comments? Oh, yeah. Now, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now I like completely dismiss the negative comments. Um, like Now? Well, after like the first week, I didn't. First week is a little hard. But like after the first week, yes. Now I just now the positive comments are amazing and people are being amazing. So yes. Well, you made an interesting choice the first week to present the most minor key episode, and yeah. I wonder. I've been wondering why. Why? Yeah. Um, it could have been a mistake. I don't know. Um, I think it was because. Yeah, but what was behind? What mistake or not? I don't what think was it was a mistake. It? I actually don't think it was a mistake. Um, I don't think it was a mistake. I take that back. But I feel like um, I feel like it. My thinking. Was the my thing? What again? Because I was think I think I was thinking in this TV model or this like whole, whole the whole package, and so I feel like to me it was just that's why I couldn't wait to get to episode two because I was like, oh, I kind of liked the idea. I I liked the first episode, but the first episode was also done quite a while. A lot of the episode was done a lot quite a while ago, pre Gimlet. Um, but that was the show. That was the that was when I was I did that by myself. That that initial part most of that episode and that was what made me understand like what I wanted to do and I still like really love the Fellini moment like I think it's my like favorite tape I've like, ever gotten like I love it so yeah yeah that guy was yeah. awesome yeah that, and he not also, Fellini Fellini was awesome too Fellini but the guy with awesome. like the New York voice talking about yeah. it yeah but he also like showed me a path to something like he he like guided me toward like an interest that I didn't quite realize and like he was, was very important but, but I feel but when you say it might have been a mistake because it is different than the other episodes it is more it is a, it's a slighter. Yeah. Uh, your exploration is like slighter, and I wonder if it led to you know people are people are just quick to judge, and I just look obviously it shows a huge hit and yeah. people love it, and like the second and third episodes clearly made people go holy shit. But what? Yeah. Like what might have been a mistake about? Yeah, it? but again, now I'm thinking about it. I don't think it was a mistake, but I do feel like it was. Um, to it, me, I guess it was more like because I guess I, it really was. I was thinking in this more TV model where you're just like you have a pilot and the pilot establishes what the show is, and then you go and look back on that pilot and you're like, oh, this is act- the show turns into something else, but this is what introduces you to the characters, and this is and it does embody a lot of that episode. You know, it sets up the premise, and I feel like, and I don't think I don't really understand the logic of like starting with your like. Like, it would seem like crazy to start with the belt buckle to me. Like, that seems also very strange to me. So to me, I think I was really thinking in terms of, I do think the whole, like, I do think these go together. Like, there's, like, there's something I am doing, and there's a plan to it. And so I feel like that's why I'm definitely taking back the mistake. Because, like, I do think my original, I think it was only a mistake in terms of, like, my, um, like, that week feeling, like, a little bit hard because I was, like. like, Well, because you knew, wait, just can't you guys wait? Yeah, I knew just wait, and, like, people are so crazy so like i feel like so that that's the only reason why but i actually feel like when you when you put it all together it actually makes such perfect sense and and it couldn't go anywhere else but i do feel like they should be thought of as connecting to each other because i'm thinking of that way i'm both thinking of them as connecting to each other but and also like they also do each seem like kind of little films to me too so like they're separate in a very particular way but why do you make audio (laughs) instead of because you're referencing you know like I mean, I'm li- like so when I'm listening, I'm thinking of all sorts of like other kind of art. I mean, you know, I was thinking of uh, like somehow there's a kinship between certain things in these episodes, episodes two and three, mm-hmm. primarily with like um, you know Marina Abramovic. Oh yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, she's great. It's interesting. What, what was the kinship? Well, I just think that that story of her and the art, you know, the, the moment that people focus on when she did the thing. Did, um, you just, did you hear the thing I did about her? No. Oh, I did a moth. There was a moth that I did. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah, I missed that. So were you there at that event? Um, yeah, the moth. That did you go I did. sit with her? Well, the, I was there the um, the day I went. It was I went. I I, I waited the last night before uh, before it closed. I, I really wanted to sit with her, and then I um, like wasn't in town, and I kept putting it off and stuff. And then I ended up when I went. Um, it was too because I was I was like writing. Yeah, anyway, but like so I went there to um, sit with her, and I stayed out like slept on the sidewalk the night before because like out with all like the hardcore groupies we'll put the moth in the show notes i'm sorry yeah. that i missed no, i knew no, you no. did a moth but in i wasn't no i did a, there was a couple moths i did and they just had put that yeah. one just i that one i did that one a little while ago and i just put it out because i did it when she was around the time when she was doing it so then but i was there the very last night and so i slept on the sidewalk with all these groupies and they were and and like groupies like really hardcore like it was like um a religious you know they were like people who had come to see their guru and they were like and, it, and, and, and uh, how are you different um, in that moment, like you, you were sleeping outside waiting to see her. It's true. I was writing about it too, but like I, but I mean, I. Well, I'm but, sure they were they were doing their own probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I was writing about it because I really was, wanted to see it. Like I really, I was kicking myself that I hadn't gotten there earlier when it was like I knew about it for months and months and months, and like there was no line, and it was way before these before this like movement started, and so I didn't go. And they, and a lot of the people had sit had sat with her many times. Though I'm saying like they would like. They were just like trading stories about how, you know, just what just what to do and stuff like that. And then um, I feel like everything I say will not just be as good as what I said in the moth. Like no, no, you don't have to do the moth. But did you get to sit with her? So the thing was, um, the thing was, so I waited all night, and then the whole next day it was the very last day. So like it was, and it, everyone was there, and it was a huge crowd, and like. We get it. We, we were the first ones in there, and we had to sit and like gradually we worked our way around, and they had to do a time limit, and the time limit kept shortening and shortening. You know, originally it was like all day long, right? But so then it went from like everyone has ten minutes, everyone has five minutes, everyone has one minute, everyone has thirty seconds, and like what was crazy was that everybody was so primed to cry because you know the whole thing about crying. So like people would sit down, start crying, and get up, and sit down, start crying, and get up, and like it just felt. By the time I was like about to see her, I was like annoyed with everyone there, and I thought I was the only true believer. <laughs> and um, and I was just, and finally, I was just, I was the next, I was the next one, and I was just about to go forward. And you couldn't see her at all. Like the whole, I was around the perimeter all day long. And what's amazing about her, unless you, it's like the Sphinx, you know, you can't, you have to look directly into her eyes. You can't see her eyes otherwise, and you can't get the power. And then I was about to go sit with her, and honestly, step forward, and the guard's arm came down and said it was over. And there was like a film crew that had to like, oh, I think there was like. Like the like a monk had to sit with her or something, and so I didn't I didn't get to, it. and it was I was the very last first one cut off. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but I guess I swear to you that I didn't know that you had that experience with her, and um, you can see me I didn't know, and yeah. it your work is somehow infused with the this idea that's in some of her stuff, and certainly in that thing of the possibility of a moment of incredible connection and clarity, mm. and trying to hold on to that thing, but all the while knowing that it's ephemeral. It's true, yeah. And I think that's a lot of what your show is is about because it's these, you know, these moments of seeing something, hearing something, finding something, and then it's disappearing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I don't has that always, I mean, have you always sort of been interested in that kind of thing? I understand narratively you're talking about TV yeah. and blah, 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 but, but part of it is, you know, these thematics... Your show is drenched with thema- these thematics, right? Yeah. And, and if you don't want people to really talk about the Nancy Drew, you kind of have to talk about, you know, philosophically, when you say this all hangs together, it's all about how you see the possibility in the world, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, of course. And so are and you as like, hopeful and optimistic as the character? <laughs> um, I think I'm as hopeful and optimistic. I think the character makes me more hopeful and optimistic. Like, is she who you wish? Is she who you are in your best moments? Yes, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, definitely. Yes, she totally is who I'm in my best moments. And um, it's an argument for people being recorded all the time <laughs> themselves. Cause, I mean, cause, but I feel like I just, I feel like I had this idea that I like 
the I want I want to believe there's mystery in the world. Like I truly want to believe there's mystery in the world, and it keeps I keep being told there is, and so that's making me that there's mystery or that there's wonder. Well, there that there's genuine because you solve the mystery go like the sort of central mystery. Goes it's true, but I feel like a lot of times, like you worry that mysteries aren't actual mysteries. You know what I mean? Like there's so much. I feel like I have such a fear of things getting ruined, like things not be, turning out to be as good as I hope they're going to be, or things. Um, like, like if I have like a really good interaction with someone, like I panic and never want to like, it's just like, the, you know, like in that scene in Magnolia, like I never want to see someone again because like, what if it's not as good next time? And I feel like this is, um, and I felt, I really felt that way with, I wonder, I feel like I knew existed, but I didn't know that I wasn't sure if, um, there was this much mystery in the world. And I do think there are genuine mysteries and I do think the fact that these mysteries are being guided by someone caring about them and then they're being rewarded by learning that there's actually like a meaning to the answers. You know what I mean? Like it's showing me that like it's, it's all being, that's the path. It's all like someone started off caring about this and then you're the answer. Someone also cares about. So I feel. Okay. So that caring, but yes, empathy, right? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and it's sort of like really putting empathy sort of at the front. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to, it just, it, it happens. Well, in episode two, when you talk to the Ticketmaster person, were you at all conflicted about engaging him in that way? It was about sort of like enlisting him and in, in, in unburdening himself. Oh, like no, not at all. Not that part. I mean, I thought you meant like if I was like conflicted. Some people are worried that I got him in trouble at work. And that's the only thing I'd ever. That would be no, the only I part. I wasn't I'd, asking you the prosaic yeah. sort no, of No, no, like no. No, I didn't. I don't think I did. But that'd be the only part I'd be conflicted about. Like just making sure everyone is like, okay. But like I feel, no, I wasn't. No, because the I mean, I wasn't trying to make him. That was like a very natural conversation. But did he know that he was ex- exposing himself in a bit? Did he? I, I can't imagine that he understood sort of like how you know your position in this world of podcasting right. and Gimlet, like that he really knew right. this was going to be something heard by hundreds of thousands of people. Right. I mean, I didn't even know that at that point because I wasn't because it wasn't out. Um, I mean, he knew I was recording and he knew, and we had talked about that. Like he said, like he at one point was like, and we talked for a really long time, him and I, a really long time. And I feel like, um, he said he like hoped, I don't want to like flatter myself, but he said he hoped that I would like use this for something that would actually like show people that I made a difference in someone's life. Like he was the one guiding me that way. And yes, that's the part, that's the thing. That's why I think it makes me a better person though, too, because I feel like such an obligation to these people I'm talking to. Like, how can I not? That guy was great. You know what I mean? And like, undeniably, by putting him in my thing, it helps me, right? So like, how can I not? But that's not why I, that's not why I talked to him like that. Like, I mean, that's very, that conversation I felt like honestly could have happened even if I wasn't doing it. I've had conversations like that with customer service people when nothing is, nothing's recording and nothing is about my show. But, um, but I do feel that's that's the I do I felt like I was trying to gauge it as talking to him because you don't want to you don't want what's the point like what's the point of doing something at the expense of someone else if just to so I can have that moment like that's what I wouldn't ever want so I feel like we talked for so long and there's no way you're right there's no way like I there's nothing I I mean I told him stuff but there's nothing I could have ever done to totally put it in the context um and like I actually like I'm I'm like looking for him to like to sh- 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 make sure that he knows like he yeah has he he hasn't con- contacted tr- you no but I'm like trying to find him so that he can make sure like I have and so like if anyone knows Ticketmaster guy yeah and he's really that guy was really reach out he was special like I mean he's really like we talked for a long time and it was like a, like he it was just a it was a great but you never got his full name he couldn't give it to me he was oh, at work so yes. like and so he couldn't. I asked him his full name. So when you said you made the first episode on your own, I mean, a lot of people who listen to this are, are I think, interested in how you break through in something. And yeah. you'd been very successful at all this before, you know, um, and have been someone who mattered culturally. But how did this, like, how did this come about? How did you decide, how did the idea form for you? And then how did you decide that you wanted to do it this way with, you know, be part of this new venture mm-hmm. How did it sort of grow for you? Most of that original pilot I made like a few years ago because I had this idea, like it was like, it was, I mean, podcasts were obviously around, but it was like someone had, there was like a suggestion to do something for 
the the BBC. So like I so like and it was like a as a radio as a as a radio as show. a radio thing. And it was like and it was like a deadline. Like did you submit by so and so? And so like and I like was actually pretty like flailing in terms of like I didn't have like a I mean I didn't have like a particular project I was working on at the time. And like you mean you were freelance writing and I was freelance, freelance producing? Uh, yeah, more freelance writing. Not, I guess freelance not totally the word, but like it's like I didn't have. I had actually a project I was supposed to be working on. I had a book I was supposed to be working on, but like um, I feel like I didn't have a radio thing, and I was just doing like I, I I was doing radio very. I only I pretty much only do radio for This American Life, so I was doing radio every once in a while, and then like the moth and stuff. But I feel, and then this. So there was this like, but I actually the thing is I didn't ever want my own show because I didn't I I didn't have an idea that was gonna interest me for like I did I, I was I didn't there wasn't any idea that I was thinking of that was like making it like why would I want to do that like I didn't want it to be another I didn't want it to be like a fake this American life you know like this American life is great I could do stuff for them I didn't want it like I didn't want it to be a storytelling show I knew I wanted to do a show with reporting and um, they had like a budget that you could actually do reporting and I wanted it to be about other people. I didn't want it to be all personal. I didn't want it to be an interview show. I just knew that. I didn't want to do that. And then, You knew what you didn't, you, you were clear about the things you didn't want to do. Yeah, I was, yeah. it just doesn't, I mean, um, I mean, there's lots of good examples of that out there, but I just, it was, I didn't want to do it. So then, um, and then I was like, oh, I like mysteries. And then this like kind of arbitrary deadline <laughs> came up and I like decided to make it a, real seeming deadline in my head and so then I like like basically most of that pilot was done in like maybe a week and a half two weeks and like I just kind of was like I knew I had my friend Laura and I recorded her and then I was like I'm gonna go out and solve it and then as I was going to out to do it is when I like it's really that Fleeny guy was the moment when I was like oh this is like this is something like this is what's interesting this is how you do this moments of discovery along the way that lead to this understanding that right outside of sort of our circle of awareness or of our comfort zone of what we think of people if we just dig a little everyone's got this there's a mystery and sort of like this uh, other thing happening outside right that's what that guy let you into because you would never expect that guy to talk about that thing yeah i mean i would expect him to talk about that thing because like i feel like most i go through the world people talking to me like i get to me it's like i feel like he that, that I have those kind of conversations all the time, but I feel that like it being like a cog is what made it feel open. Like I think I originally thought, oh, everyone I meet will like have a new mystery and then they'll lead to that. But it wasn't, and I was like, it doesn't have to be about new mysteries. It has to be about like this, like this genuine, this genuine connection with someone in this interesting story and not just like storytelling story like there's a hook and there's like a curve it's just like um it's actually much more like when you say maria abramovich the part that i think resonates with me about her is the she's all about the passing through time like she's all about experiencing time and endurance and you have to like she's like religious about it you know what i mean like hers is like penance and stuff like that and so she takes it's time and so to me what I was interested about the Fleeny guy, besides what he was saying, was that it was it was a it was a live moment captured on tape. Like we were, he didn't mean to tell me that story. Like we were talking, and then he was saying it, and you could hear it unfold as you're listening, and you actually experience something, which is very different than a story being told later. You know, and that I think that's what I like about Marina Abramovic for sure. For sure, but um, or not, but yeah. and the specter of death hangs over her work so heavily, and it hangs over your show too. Yeah. I mean, it's always the fear. It's the built-in fear. Yeah. Right, which is, I think, why it's annoying to you when people miss it. Yeah. That your show is about like living right now and trying to solve and notice the wonder, isn't it? Yeah. Because we're all dying. Yeah. And the people and the solutions. I mean, we're all dying, and the person, who, the answer can be, like, extinguished before I get there or already extinguished. And like we also like as human beings are just <laughs> withering away. Yes. Yes, we're withering yeah. away. Things disappear. Yeah. Things go away. Yeah. And if you and 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 to me the show is there are a few other things that I keep thinking of. I think that the thing is so highly crafted that I'm reminded. I've mentioned this book only one other time, but there's this book by Philippe Petit that Paul Oster did the translation of called mm-hmm. On the On the High Wire. Do you know it? Mm-mm. And it's. It's all about, Wait, about Philippe Petit. Yeah, the, you know, the, 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 yeah, but his very did. first book he wrote when he was like 17 or 18 or 19, and Paul Oster translated it. He wrote a book before Way doing before. The, yeah. the, 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 the thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know when the book came out, but he wrote yeah. the book when he was very young. Yeah. And it was all about how he 
um, how he learned to be what he was. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, all about all the work that goes into becoming a master artist when then you hope the work is kind of invisible mm -hmm. and all that's left is the magic. Yeah. Right. 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 And, you know, I just wonder if you, if you, it's weird because sometimes I think you want to show the work in a way. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I think you want to show, I think it's all about, I feel like I try every episode to think about what's the way that's truest to this particular case or mystery to like show that how it's how to show the process you know what i mean and i feel like i'm trying to individualize it toward the cases themselves well yeah but i think in a way you're you you are a high, high wire walker yeah with this oh, yeah <laughs> yeah there's like total I mean, there's tremendous risk yeah which is yeah. why you can't look down like that's why you yeah. can't look at the people shouting at you like whether you know that's true i mean i saw i really did stop after that first week i didn't look at my that's the one thing reviews. you're saying that i don't believe and i because really I, no, I didn't stop looking. At, I, well, I don't look at that. I, I stopped looking at the well, the iTunes reviews the first week. Those were terrible, and those did. I did get those. Those those, those did feel like um, pinpricks. Pen not pinpricks. It felt like um, like uh, arrow, bow and arrow. Like when like the dragon on Game of Thrones. Like when you're like when you're like getting or the you know when like there's a giant. They're not gonna die, but they're gonna get some arrow quivers in them, and you feel the you feel it. They felt really bad. They didn't feel really bad, but they felt more like the air. They felt like a dull hum of pain <laughs> at all times for that week, probably. Uh, mainly because I also was like, let's get to it. Um, but wait till they see. But but, uh, but I feel. But you're right. No, I think you're. You know, you're totally right. I feel like, and I have gotten. I mean, honestly, like the fact that I have so little time <laughs> makes it easier to not be able to indulge this stuff in my head. For, like it's forcing me to not have to be quite as neurotic about it as I normally would. But right, I, I think the character is probably less neurotic than you are. The character oh, of Starly. Uh, the character Starly is less neurotic, yeah. What? Yeah. what who is the real Starly is less neurotic these days. Or more neurotic and definitely in some ways, but less in like, more for sure. Anyone who's working with me is going to say, what are you talking about? But I feel like <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like so much less time. Uh, who, who do you make the show for? Like who's your ideal audience oh, member? That's a good question. Um, who am I get for? Yeah, who are you thinking of? How do you, who do you picture? Listen, <laughs> I don't right? know. We were just talking about, I was actually just, there was like a line that I put in that last episode that I was asking. I asked Alex Goldman, should I put this line in? And he said, you shouldn't put it in because my, I feel like my wife's your listener and she wouldn't get the reference. And then I was like, I don't care who's my listener. I don't like, and it, it's true. Like, I don't, like, I mean, I care about his wife, but I don't care. Like I wasn't, I definitely don't like, I definitely like think. Like I would never take a reference out, and because I'm afraid someone wouldn't get it. Because yeah. Get it. So who is your is 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 Marina your ideal listener? Do you mm. hope she's listening? Oh, I mean, of course, I mean, yeah, it'd be great. I mean, I like it when people I I love when people I whose stuff I like tells me they like it. That's a great feeling. But honestly, like at this point, I don't know. There's just so many nice people out there. So like, I feel they're all. I don't. I actually think honestly. I think it'd be fantastic if Marina Bromovic was like, I love your show. And yes, that is, I like it when people like that tell me they like it. But, and this is not, maybe you guys won't believe me, but I truly think we're in like a crisis state of things being very boring and very banal. And there's a lot of like, just so much uniform uniformity. And I feel like, so honestly, I think my ideal audience is like, people who are like living in I think Ticketmaster is my ideal audience I do think I, I maybe this sounds like but I just feel like I do really want things to not be all the same and like and I want people to feel I want people to feel that sense of wonder and I think so I think people who are like having to kind of like slog through their lives I feel like would be much more, would be my ideal audience and Chevronet Chevronet <laughs> You know, yeah. I have so many more questions, um, but I actually got to a lot of them without even really looking. Oh. I'm just going to look through. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I just want to say, like, um, your show, you know, I don't have a boring life and I'm not slogging through. Like, I get to, um, you know, I live a very engaged, I'm lucky enough to live, like, a really engaged life. But when your show comes out, I absolutely carve the time, no matter mm -hmm. what, because I know it's going to transport me out of even, like, you know, a very fulfilled life into um, seeing even more wonder. And I'm so grateful that you do the show. And I uh, I hope your break isn't 
too long. I it won't, it'll be, it won't, it won't be too long, and it will be it will be well spent. Keep solving mysteries. <laughs> I have no I have no choice. Don't read what people write about you. Why do you you're really running with that one? Because of the earnest thing. I well, I, I have to read the nice things that people write about me, right? No. Nice you have no nice. business. They're not writing it for you. Um. Yeah, they are. Mm. They're so my. I feel like my my listeners are different. I have like the best ones. Oh, reading letters yeah. people write you when they yeah, really yeah. want something, like really want to communicate something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's different. But yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I think artists, when artists start to fly, the the part of them that still wonders if they're a fraud wants to see uh, evidence that they are a fraud, and so we go looking for it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It is interesting, like, the particular... That's what I mean about... It is interesting, those certain words that can kind of, like... That's why I feel like they're used as weapons, though. I feel like people know what they're doing when they do it. No, but they're not inside your head. Nah. But there are certain words that I feel like are used in a way where you're just, like, you're actually trying to... You're actually trying to reduce someone when you use those certain, certain words, I feel. Yeah. Instead, what if we just embrace that earnestness is a positive characteristic? Yeah, I don't even... Is, is earnestness the right word, though? We agreed that earnestness is the right word for my well, show. Well, no, I don't know that your show is... Um, here's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Your, your fundamental deal with your listener is an earnest one. I mean, I do feel like I have a deal with the listener and the people in the story. Um, I think it's like... But I think it's like... I think there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of uh, trust stuff. I feel like just... I'm just it's like there's a lot about like trust and truth and honesty. But the deal you're part of the deal you're making, I think, and I, you know, you can tell me I'm wrong, is that you are not going to deploy a lot of the modern weaponry of snide sarcasm, oh, yeah. and irony. Yeah. Well, but how boring is that? Well, earnestness is like the opposite of those things. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is it? Is it necessarily the opposite? That's what I mean. I don't know if it's the opposite. I think just like other words are the opposite. Like sincere. So I, okay, sincere. Yeah, sincere. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like I feel like sometimes earnest you get to use is like to say the opposite. I'm not sure if it is. Reclaim that shit. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if I need to reclaim it. To me, it's like so obvious. Like who would just make, who would make anything based on irony? Like that's crazy to me. So to me, it's like, why does it even have to be called out or established? Because I'm like, it's, it's. Oh my God, that yeah. is such an earnest thing to say. It's, it's not. <laughs> No, listen, I, you're brilliant. And uh, here, that's a better yeah. word. Is that better? Yeah, I mean, that one I can live with. Yeah, I'll accept that one. That one won't make me feel, I won't turn that one over my head. I mean, I will turn it over and over my head, but not in the bad way. Oh, God, I'm fascinated. Now, wait, you could leave here after all the nice things that I said and people say. And like earnestness could. Like, no, 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 no. I'll, I'm saying you could. That could, though, if we didn't just save it with brilliant. Oh, no, That no, could no. have bothered you? No, it wouldn't have bothered me. It wouldn't have bothered me. It would have been like, no, no, it wouldn't have been. Bo- oh, no, no, no. Because I know you like it. But um, I'm just saying, I'm saying separate, not bothering me as much as like, I'm more confused about why there's like so many like categories that people go to. Except for the fun. I mean, I like categories, but I don't like these, not, I guess the more it's labels. Right. You don't want it to be reduced. Yeah. I just find it like, I don't get the point of it. You know, you didn't answer the one question. So you did this pilot. Yes. Sorry, we have to yeah, end yeah. with this. Yeah, how yeah. did you end up? Yeah, so I deciding well, how did you end up realizing so the thing didn't get on the BBC? No, no, and it didn't get. I mean, I, I don't even think it was like officially submitted. It was just like I don't even know. And so, like, it was. Um, I, I think we like missed. I missed like a deadline, and it was never like actually. It was a very confusing thing. And so then I had this thing for a while, like in kind of, kind of basically the form you hear, but um, there was a different ending and stuff. But it was like the, the the core of it was definitely there. And I recorded like all the voice tracks in my bedroom and like did everything in my house and like would like have a line run back into my room. There was like a different room tone in my room than my other my kitchen. But it was all made in my house. And then and then I had this like a, the bare bones of that pilot for a while, like a few years. And I would send it to people and they would just say, we love it, like radio people, and they would, they would say we love it, and they had no idea what to do with it. Like, there was no place for it. And um, and then I was honestly going to give up, like, radio. <laughs> like, yeah, like Alex and I went to lunch, and I was like, I think I'm just done with radio. Like, there's not, seriously. Like in You were just going to write? Yeah, I was going to, uh, yeah. I just was like, I couldn't, it was just too, 
it was like too frustrating. It was too inconsistent and it was too like, like I wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't like challenge. I don't know. I wasn't, it wasn't anything. And so then in in this pilot I'd had on my computer for so long and I like, honestly, like thoroughly just given up that it was going to be anything. And then Alex and I went to lunch and I remember, I remember saying like, I'm just going to like give up radio. And he was very upset by that. But, um, but he also didn't know if he could um, do, like it was before Gimlet existed. He didn't know what it was going to be. He didn't know if he could take on more than one show. He was going to do, he already knew he was doing Reply All. And then kind of by the end of that lunch, we, like I just remember so vividly saying, I guess I'm done with radio and him just being like very upset. But neither of us knowing what to do about it. And then at the end we agreed that he would be like, he would help me edit it. He'd be my producer, but he didn't know if he could like pay me. He'd just be my producer. And I was like, that's better than anything because you're like, I want you. And then Gimlet started and then like he did like, and then it was like very clear that it was going to be like the actual, like the show, the other show. I mean, you know, that's just everything I think that <laughs> I know that people are interested in. I am, which is that that show was really rejected. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, or just left to sit like it was just not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't picked up. It wasn't picked up. People. It wasn't picked up. Yeah. And then Alex said, "Okay, we can we can do it." And then well, you and started, I knew Alex could do it. Had you right. been collecting mysteries? Yeah, I had been. I mean, it'd been like so long, and like I mean, Alex could do it right. Like there'd been like some interest that was not, but it wouldn't have been. It would have been like a cranked out show. It wouldn't have been a reported show. It wouldn't have been like the way I needed it to be. It wouldn't have been anything. It would have been like, and so it would have been no budget there would have been nothing and so I feel like um and then most places were just like we actually do not know what to do with this like there was nothing we can do and so um and uh so then I had mysteries lined up and I had been thinking about it for a long time and I do think there's also like I I do believe in like kind of the percolation where like it's a different show because of that time had passed like that's when I like the time that I described like it's a better show now than it would have been and uh, but yeah, it was it was just left. It wasn't. I mean, if Alex had not come along, Mr. Show would not exist, and I would probably not be in radio anymore. Well, another reason to love Gimlet. <laughs> yeah. Great, Starly. Thanks for doing this. No problem. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. You can find Starly. Her show is Mystery Show. You can find her on Twitter. Oh, Starly Kind. Her name's Starly Kind. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Koppelman. If you want to email me, you can email me themomentbk at gmail.com. Don't pitch me any ideas um, for movies or TV shows or anything like that because those won't become mysteries for me. They'll become garbage. Um, But anything else I'm really interested in. Thanks for listening and uh, see you next week.